Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. So, London mayors in recent years have been rife with scandal. <laughs> There's been DUI scandals that have been attached to mayors. There have been uh, sex scandals, fraud, embezzlement scandals attached to mayors. I think this one takes the cake, though. Ed Holder has been mayor of London for 41 days, and he now finds himself embroiled in controversy. Dev, explain the story, please. Yes, uh, Mayor Holder has apologized after a London woman filed a complaint with the city's integrity commissioner after he said, quote, you are so annoying (laughs) at a post-inauguration reception at the London Convention Center last month. So what this means is he was about three days in to his tenure as mayor and... And he said the A word? He called a woman annoying. (laughs) He uh, says the comment was tongue-in-cheek, apologizes for any offense he caused. Didi Pinto is the woman, said uh, he made the comment to her when she was talking to him about the applications. She had made multiple applications to city boards and commissions. She did not get on the boards and commissions. What is the prison sentence for uh, for calling somebody annoying? Uh, I think it's 25 years. 25 years to life, isn't it? Uh-oh. <laughs> Look out, Ed. Ed Holder never should have apologized for this. This woman sounds annoying. <laughs> she really does. And I think Ed's personality, too, is a little... He's kind of one of those guys who would just toss out something like that and and be joking. You know what I mean? I, I don't know no, 100%. No, you're so annoying. But, you know, he's one of these kind of public speaking type of guys. I've talked to people who know uh, Ed Holder, and this is apparently a a common thing he says. Like, if you're going to knock on doors and you're kind of pushing, like, we keep, we got to go, we got to go. He's like, oh, you're so, like, that's kind of like his throwaway. His little joke. Comment. His little, uh, even if he meant it, even if he looked her right in the eyes and said, you are so annoying. (laughs) You're allowed to do that. Yeah. If somebody finds you annoying, they're allowed to tell you that you're annoying. Jim, you looked up this Didi Pinto woman's uh, social media accounts. You know what, Taz? I didn't even look it up. It popped up on my on my Facebook page because we're friends on Facebook. This was at friends? four, 4 a.m. By the way. Okay. Four a.m. yesterday. Four a.m. this morning, which I think is an important uh, part. My friends, LOL. I assure you that my 15 pages contains very interesting and entertaining information. He had no idea who he was dealing with, and you will laugh so much when you see what is about to happen. To all of my peers from very prestigious schools that we attended together, please, please read this and follow what's going on and what's going to happen over the next month. You know that girl who was shamed by Republicans for dancing recently? I've heard that many Canadians wish we had a Canadian version of her. Well, your prayers have been answered because that person is me. And you all are going to find out I'm not kidding. The me's were capitalized. That's why I said me like that. But I'm getting from that that she wants to be some kind of hero. So she's referring to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's been getting a lot of media the past couple of weeks. She's the youngest congresswoman ever. Yeah. She's from the Bronx. There's a whole a whole story about her and how progr- she's a Democrat socialist, and she's upsetting Washington, as, as the story goes. So that's who she is patterning herself after we are led to believe. By wasting our tax dollars, filing complaints because somebody called her annoying. Sounds kind of annoying. <laughs> that it's it's annoying. She's wasting our money. 
going and complaining about Ed Holder, forcing the mayor to apologize for something that he shouldn't even be apologizing for. She's wasting the ink at the London Free Press. They're printing stories about this, wasting our time. We have to talk about it because it's in the news. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're waiting to be a victim or something like that. You're waiting for a moment to get on a pedestal and try to take somebody down. So she had this opportunity. She's incredibly weak and now she's putting all her effort into it. It just seems like it's going to go nowhere. It's a waste of everyone's time. Well, if you're going to look at the whole, look at, look at it seriously and say, okay, well, this is now before the integrity commissioner. You look at what was said and what happened afterwards. And in case, in the, in this case, you know, not getting under the city boards and commissions. Holder has one vote. But also, when you have a Facebook post like that, then it changes, the for me, the dial from being, you're trying to paint yourself as a victim, assuming annoying is somehow over the line, which I don't think many people would believe that to be the case. But now, with the Facebook post, it almost seems as though she's just waiting for that opening to jump in. Yeah, and, she and make she's, a case. would you say this is virtue signaling, Jim, at its finest? Yeah, because she's pretending that uh, she's a victim, but she's not in this situation. Uh, she's she And she's doing this not to make the city better, not to make the community better. But Selfish. To, but to put herself on a platform, and it just seems incredibly narcissistic. It seems narcissistic. It seems self-serving. And it seems very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the uh, the great people in St. Mary's, Ontario, Jim. Mm-hmm. The St. Mary's Independent is the local newspaper in the small town, and they voted FM 96 visiting St. Mary's as the biggest story of 2018. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, we had a, a contest where you guys voted and got to choose the greatest small town in the FM 96 listening area. St. Mary's was the winner. And uh, they wrote up, a, this is a big article here in the paper just before the new year. I want to read some of it. St. Mary's voted best small town in southwestern Ontario. Part one. Part one? <laughs> Part one. The path to victory. This is like a Harry Potter series. <laughs> the Stone Town loves a good competition, and this spring the community really came together to help push St. Mary's to the title in a unique small town contest dreamed up by London Rock Station FM 96. Inspired by NCAA's annual basketball tournament, FM 96 devised a small town March Madness bracket comprised of 64 uh, communities that surrounded London. During the month of March and into early April, a series of matchups between communities took place where voters determined which community would earn the title of best small town in the FM 96 listening area. Along with overall bragging rights, the winning town would also host a future Taz show live broadcast on FM 96 later in the year. St. Mary's emerged victorious against Arva in the first round and Lucan in the second round to advance to the Sweet 16. The always spirited Thorndale had previously eliminated Exeter and was a strong matchup against St. Mary's, but ultimately the Stone Town prevailed, moving to the Elite Eight against Bayfield. And who doesn't love Bayfield? However... <laughs> The voters elected St. Mary's to continue with relative ease. Wow, burn on Bayfield. 
After getting past Bayfield and making it to the Final Four, St. Mary's residents could clearly see a path to the championship. This is this is a great just sports article here. I've read less thorough actual March Madness uh, articles. All that stood in our way was the finals against Tilsonburg. Tilsonburg. For those who tried to vote multiple times, their fingers still ache when they hear that word. <laughs> As someone who watched the vote very closely, I can attest that it was sheer will and determination of the St. Mary's community that got us past Tilsonburg into the finals. With thousands of votes cast on both sides, the uh, final day of voting, we found ourselves trailing with less than an hour remaining. John Stevens and David Grant were Two of many who notably stepped up and drew attention to the cause, igniting voter reaction that gave St. Mary's a thrilling buzzer-beater victory over Tilsonburg and sending our town to the finals. Full of momentum, St. Mary's voters carried on the following day against Thamesford <laughs> and helped the Stone Town to a 53-47% to victory. In total, FM96 revealed that over 100,000 votes within their listening area were tallied. Following the victory, Mayor Al Strathy commented via Facebook, and I quote, Thank you to everyone for their hard work. We now have the opportunity to showcase our town on the Taz Show on FM 96. Very proud of St. Mary's, Stone Town, Hometown. Epic. End of part one. <laughs> wow! I thought it was very well written, but Brian Harvey, one of our listeners, disagrees. He sent us a text. Hey, Taz and Jim, I hope St. Mary's has a big manure truck for that speech. It's ridiculous. It's factually correct. I don't see how ridiculous it is. I think Brian must be from Thamesford. (laughs) Sour grapes. Sore loser. Here we go with part two of the article. A visit to remember for FM 96. Even though St. Mary's emerged victorious in FM 96's greatest small-town March Madness contest, it's unlikely that Taz and Jim quite uh, knew what was in store for them as they visited our town in May 2018. Beyond hosting their morning show from the Green Bridge on Friday, May 18th, the FM 96 team jam-packed nearly a week of activities into their St. Mary's experience, including a polar bear dip at the quarry, That was you, Jim. That's true. That was fun, eh? Yeah. Uh, A visit to Hearn's Ice Cream. Delicious. Batting practice at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Testing of the bell at the Town Hall Bell Tower. Almost lost my hearing because of that one. (laughs) Detonating explosions at the the cement plant quarry. Open mic night at the Customs House. And a lovely stay at the Westover Inn. It was lovely. The Taz Show did an amazing job of sharing their experiences in the Stone Town with FM 96 listeners on Friday and generously allocated airtime to many of our local personalities. And there was a bunch of them. Kudos to Stuart Grant. He's the one who wrote that article in the uh, St. Mary's Independent. Enjoy it while it lasts, guys, because it's no longer 2018. You're the best small town in the FM 96 listening area last year, but who knows what is going to happen in 2019. 
March is only a couple months away. And we're going to have another tournament of 64 small towns. We've got some plans to make it even more interactive for the people who live in those small towns, who are from those small towns, who love those small towns. When you're on top, St. Mary's, everyone's gunning for you. The 2019 Best Small Town in the FM 96 listening area. We'll find out who it is later this year. Stone Temple Pilots Creep. We'll send that one out to my two-year-old son, Grayson, who's now (laughs) creeping around the house in the middle of the night. He has figured out how to get out of his crib, and I'm looking for some parental guidance here from people who have been through this same situation. Go ahead. Yeah, I got an answer for Taz with a toddler problem. Yeah, what do you do when your kid starts getting out of the crib? Well, my kid did it before a year, and we put him in a day bed right away because a friend of mine, which is an insurance agent, his kid did it. When he dropped out of the crib, he broke his leg. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. So my girlfriend said to me, I'm not putting a one-year-old in a day bed. They're going to roll out. I said, well, what's better, having them roll out a foot onto the floor or dropping three feet and breaking their leg? That sounds pretty advanced. At one, he was getting out of his uh, his crib? I have videos of it. Both my daughter, which is two now, and my son, which is five, were walking by ten months. That's pretty good. My kid's been walking for, like, over a year, and he just figured the crib thing out now. Or maybe he just stayed in there out of respect until this point, mm. and he's just lost all respect for me and my wife. He's coming for the alpha dog. <laughs> Now there's nothing you can do. The kid's got free roll. Oh, yeah. He's all over the place. Thanks, man. No worries. Have a good day, guys. Because Grayson's tall. He's the size of a four-year-old. He could have gotten out of the crib earlier. I'm actually surprised that he didn't. Yeah. He was biding his time. He was just waiting for that perfect moment. Yeah. Until after Christmas when Santa wasn't watching no more. He knows dad's exhausted because he's been getting up at four in the morning since Monday. (laughs) How can I I screw dad over the most here? I'll wait till Thursday. (laughs) Start getting out of the crib. And and he's saying weird stuff, too. Like, he came into the room. Red rum. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. He gets into bed with us, and he starts saying, Spider-Man's coming. Spider-Man's coming, and he's pointing towards the door. I'm like, what do you mean Spider-Man's coming? Who's Spider-Man? Like, thinking that there's some prowler around Who's looking in the windows like he's Spider-Man? Spider-Man mask. Is there some guy climbing up the walls of our house? Spider-Man's coming. Daddy, he's coming for you. (laughs) Here's a text message. Taz, our son is always climbing out of the crib, so we decided to put him in a big boy bed at age two, and we also put up a baby gate in the uh, doorway from his bedroom. But he figured out how to scale that after about a week. So he gets out of the crib and then scales the baby gate. This is how you think when you're a parent. Our house is kind of unique, and we've got this really cool stairways, stairway, stairwell that wraps around. And I'm afraid to put a baby gate up because I'd rather him fall down the stairs than to climb up and kind of fall off the side of the stairs. The balcony thing. Yeah, and fall all the way down to the main floor of the house. Because, yeah, if you can climb 
uh, baby gate, you can climb a guardrail. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very close to... I don't want them to just start climbing over everything. Mm-hmm. So it's almost better if we leave the stairwell open because there's that landing and he'd really only fall down five or six stairs. Hmm. What if he just tied his leg to the bed? <laughs> Ball and chain, something along those lines. Is that just allowed? Keep them. Why not? Children's aid? Would they be coming for me? Put him in a kennel. Give him, give him a little slack. Give him some slack so right. he can play with his toys. You know, whatever. <laughs> Stretch out. Hi, you're on with Taz and Jim. Yeah, talking about you uh, keeping your kid away from the stairs. Now I'm going back 30 years, but our son was afraid of balloons. Mm-hmm. So all we did was we stuck some balloons by the stairs, and he never went near them, nowhere <laughs> near. So just gotta find something your kid's afraid of. <laughs> so instead of putting up a baby gate, you just put like some Stephen King's it red balloons <laughs> floating yeah. by the stairwell. That's I don't know, get a picture of Trump or something. I don't know, something, something your kid's afraid of. Stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna sit him down and show him it tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're going to love it, Grayson. <laughs> Look, there's a clown in it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the advice. Here's another one, uh, a text message. <laughs> similar. Taz, you got to teach your kid about the boogeyman who lives under his bed. That'll keep him in there. Oh, that's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> your foot touches the floor. It's going to be gone. <laughs>